This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, everybody? How are you? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. Apologies for being a little bit late. Sports Grid, you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but that's fine for the brigade. You guys, thank you for hanging out on YouTube and Twitter. Dave's still in Pittsburgh, and this is a throwback. So back in my radio days, Dave did do the show a lot on Thursdays as well. But the other Thursday guest, the guy who is now the co-host of Props Arizona alongside Doug Franz, who was with us yesterday, is Papa Bear, as Doug calls him, Papa Bear Sean. (laughs) Sean Lockhart joining us here today for the fill-in role. Little technical difficulties. This is why we don't go to new places, my friend. But how are you? Thank you for doing this. Doing well. I just didn't want to be in the house stuck around my wife and three kids. That wouldn't be good for national television. They'd run up maybe. It got a little private office here just for you, Matt. But yeah, we got it worked out. Apologize for that late start. Good to be back. It's, it's all back good to pushing the odds. Yeah, wow. pushing the odds was a radio show that we did together, and and on Thursdays it was one of the more you know. I remember when we, I was leaving, I had people in Iowa go, "Wait, how do we get Sean? How do we how do we hear Papa Bear's picks on Thursdays?" I was like, "Well, we'll do something down the line." So this is fun to get you on to have some conversations. For those of you who do not know your background, though, let's give them a quick update. Obviously, you're co-hosting Props Arizona right now, but what? How did you get into this wacko world of sports betting? <laughs> I mean, it's almost a decade ago. I remember when we met in that Las Vegas hotel and you told me that you were going to be the Colin Coward of sports betting. And that <laughs> was never, really- Whoa, 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 whoa. I never said that. Easy what? on the terms. <laughs> I said we that, were going to be big. I said we were going to yes. be big in this game. Yes. Yes, yes. That was probably six years ago. And it's just amazing too how far you've come out. That's what I said back that then. Six, that was not six years ago. That was six uh, years ago. It, I think it was. You were like a novice sports better at the time. And now oh I tune gosh. into Bostonian versus the book all the time. I mean, why lines are moving. Like you're an expert <laughs> when that first started. But anyways, my That's background, because I started a little bit like I was 10 years ago. I came to a little place that we know Twitter. Been a sports mm. better for a long time. But I decided like, hey, it'd be kind of cool to record my bets in a public forum. And for a year, I actually just gave out all my bets for free. Just And then every day, how I did the next day and kept like an honest track record of my bets because at the time it was the vegas daves very kind of shady all 90 percent win percentage and i was like no this is not how real sports betting is i had a really good year decided to start maybe turn out turn evil a little bit but turned i've been running uh, in a, a sports consulting service now for it's been over eight years which is wow. just crazy to me but doing the same thing, betting on sports, just like any other sports better. I might bet a little bit more than the average. I'm not like a whale by any means. Right. But, and then just tracking it honestly and going through the ups and downs with all of my followers and all of my members. 
Yeah, uh, as, as JDL Bet says, yo, Brigade, I'm late. So are we. So you didn't miss much, my friend. You're all good. <laughs> Kendall Little Consig is in the chat. She's wanting you guys to go look at her profile picture, which is a very funny picture of Dave. So go check that out. Dave's daughter is in here. I'm sure we're going to get a blow-by-blow, day-by-day breakdown as to who was the better co-host, who is the better show, who did the oh, better this from Kendall. So boy. looking forward to the full report from Kendall. But before we get into the games and what happens, what's going on for today, let me ask you about Arizona a little bit because when we first met, Arizona was not legal. Now, Arizona is legal. We've gone over and gone through the rush of everyone giving a ton of free money out to the players. Now that we're sitting here heading towards, I think, the second full football season, right? Of being legal? Yep. 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 What's the vibe on the ground in Arizona for sports betting? It's grown tremendously. And I think that's, I always preach that it should be legal. It should be legal. I thought when PASPA got repealed, it was a lot quicker. Things went a lot quicker than I thought they were going to be. But I think overall, it's a great thing. You go to the casinos around here. They're, they're at a lot of the, uh, the Native American, the Indian casinos. They have sports books in every single one of them. All of our sports venues are going to have sports books in them this year. It, it's a little, there was a lot of advertising. I mean, as you mentioned, the, the free money, so many commercials, so many ad, emails. That was a little overwhelming. But overall, it's been great. I think all of my friends have kind of moved on from maybe the, the shady side, maybe using illegal, <laughs> the bookie side to right. being legal and it being, but I think the biggest thing is socially acceptable. At the workplace, I have people come up to me all the time, betting 20, just everyone's talking sports betting. It's great. It's like the wild, wild west. It's brand new, but it's become more socially acceptable. I think that's the key word there. Do you find people in Arizona are more likely to to use an offshore or to use an onshore? I asked that question because there's an article that's out today in CNBC. Again, we're seeing people in government ask for the Justice Department to crack down on the offshores. And it's really, I I mean, I understand why they're doing it. I I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if they're going to do it, but has the legalization have, has the, the, the the open and taxable market prevented some of your longer customers from betting onshore or keeping them betting to onshore, not offshore. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, Matt, and I think this is a forum. Yep. The transition has been a little difficult for some because I think some of the illegal or darker routes, they offer credit. Yep. They offer lower minus 105 lines where yep. you know, minus 110, they have to compete, right? So they offer these uh, benefits and gamblers love to bet on credit as well. If you have to actually see that money come out of your bank account before you start betting on sports, it's a little different than running up a monthly tab or something like that. But I do think it is shifting more gamblers are shifting to the legal market. But I, if I'm going to be honest with you, I think some have taken their time or do prefer still the old method. Well, I don't, I mean, look, people shop for prices, right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to buy a gallon of gas and it's four fifty-five at one place and it's five fifty-five at another place, I'm probably going to go and take the four fifty-five. I'm probably going to go the place where I don't really care where my tax dollars goes. It's not my money. I'm paying, you know, a hundred dollars for a wager. It's a hundred dollars, no matter who I give it to. It's not like it's 110 somewhere else. You're going to make the tax revenue. If you're the local legalized book, or if you're the guy at the end of the bar, who's not paying taxes, you're going to go play with him. If I don't have to give that guy a hundred dollars to make the bet, then, Hey, maybe I'm going to go ahead and use that guy because it's on credit and I can win. And I'm you know, just taking money out, not putting money in. 
my big retort to anybody who is trying to crack down on the offshores is you got to take a look at the business practices going on onshore first and foremost. And I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to black out all the accounts. And, and I get that could very well happen when we saw it back. We talked about it a bit yesterday. You know, two of my big accounts in Alabama were offshores and they were big advertisers. And on Monday, Black Monday, when they shut off the poker world, they shut off the gambling world too. And it was literally overnight. It was like, bam, everything stopped. They might do that again one day and ban all the offshores from being able to legalize, to be able to get access from the U.S. shores. But I mean, you can't access certain books now. You used to be able to. There are certain sharper books that have been blacklisted or taken off of the internet, if you will, for U.S.-based geo-targeted people. I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be a hard sell to get the guys who have been your long-term customers figuring out, you know, they get price shopping. The newbies don't. And that's kind of part of the thing. They don't want the newbies to find out about the other options. Fair? Uh, very fair. I mean, especially when you're betting amounts somewhat too. I do have the difference between betting a hundred bets on minus one Oh five juice compared to minus minus one ten is tremendous. That five cents is a big difference. And also some of these offshores, they deal with Bitcoin, right? And that, yeah. that's a whole nother world that we don't have to get into, but I know a lot of gamblers that they like to gamble with Bitcoin. It just kind of flows. It's dark money, right? And that's yeah. what they were used to. And that's a little, uh, a bit of a shift. But I think overall, we are heading towards the legalization is a great move. And we will get there, I think, too, as these books do become competitive with one another. But I, I mean, I've, in some other states, I've seen, you know, books minus 120 on both sides of a spread. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, that's just that's robbery. But it's coming. I mean, I think as tax rates increase and you see... 51% tax rates in New York and you see more and more people who are dealing, you know, with the fact that they've got to try to make a money, make some money on this. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I, I think the, the higher the price goes, if we're talking about minus 120 lines being the standard, you're just going to fund the black market and people aren't going to leave the black market and the customers are going to be smart and they're going to shop. And really what happens a lot, I was having a conversation with somebody who used to work in the content space for an offshore. And he said, the best thing that ever happened to the offshores right now is legalization. Because what ends up happening is in your first three months of being a better, you don't know anything. So you're betting onshore, you're betting with your legalized sports book. And then because you've done it for 90 days or so, you're starting to figure things out. And then you look at what goes on on the offshore market and you're like, wait a second. Why is that line so much better than the line I'm betting here? Why is the juice so much more reduced? Or why can I bet different things, parlays and different opportunities offshore that I can't onshore? And it drives them to the book that looks like the book they're betting onshore, but it's offshore and they go ahead and, and become an offshore customer. So th that is something I think it's got to be looked at and got to be addressed by markets like Arizona and really California. When, when and if California and Florida go legal, the, the number of people there is just, those guys have been, those people betting over there have been betting on the offshore market for decades. And boy, that's a big market that they want to hold off on. It's the next wild, wild west. And it's it's just difficult. You do, you mentioned some, you know, the pinnacles, the BOL dolls right. of offshore. And you look at it like, why would I pay minus 123 for the Braves? A, you know, a legal book when they're offering minus 117, minus 116. And some of these lines are off by that much. And yeah. as you mentioned, some of the sharper books, but not everybody has like a Circa or something cool, like in Las Vegas. Right. right. Then you talk about DraftKings and some of these other books that are kind of square books, they ban or limit some betters that might be winning, which is also a practice that could discourage a lot of people from using them. So it's, it's, it's a process. It's a process, but it, I think we're, 
we're, we're slowly getting there. All right, let's go to the Browns and the trade to Baker Mayfield. Oh. Carolina's total. I'm wearing the hat today for Carolina. I, I think there's a good chance that Baker Mayfield's your starting quarterback in on game one against the Browns for Carolina. Doug yesterday completely disagreed. He thinks Sam Darnold's going to be the starting quarterback yes. on talent. Yes. I say the only reason why it is is because of the contract they gave him. He's got $19 million to be made. That 19 to 4 tells me that Sam Darnold enters camp as the starter. You bet on Sam Darnold a lot last year during our circa million That's my boy. Dollar, and That's I my boy. I completely hated every time that you wanted to go with the Panthers. <sighs> so are you staying on this Darnold train here with the Panthers? I am. I oh. think I don't think Darnold's a stud, but I think he is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And I brought it up before. I brought it up on our AZ props, but I am a little biased in that. And on draft day, a little bit <laughs> on draft day, me and my buddy, I bet him a thousand dollars for a, it's a their whole careers. Who is going to throw more touchdowns, Baker Mayfield or Darnold? Like when the Browns drafted oh, Mayfield, a wild I bet. Wow, it was, and it's it, it hasn't been going my way. And it's nope. just funny. Now they're on the same team. It's just the, the tables have completely turned, but both have obviously been incredible disappointments. I just don't think Baker Mayfield has the tools to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. I think Darnold has the tools. He just hasn't mentally put it together. And I think he was ruined being on the Jets and Adam Gase and the worst, the worst football team, the worst team to be drafted to, the New York Jets. They ruined him. Your Patriots had him seeing ghosts in that famous clip. And I think now that he is on a better team, the Panthers kind of started out hot last season. They did crash and plummet. But, man, I do think they got Mayfield in a panic. Mayfield will probably start. But I do think Darnold is the better quarterback. When? Uh, Week three or four, if Darnold does struggle. If Darnold does well, then there's no way they hand the reins off to him. Right. But I am hoping... But I, like I said, I have some bias. I have some skin in the game. I need Darnold. I need Baker on the bench. And I need Darnold to catch up on that career touchdowns list. Because Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's going to walk into that locker room, and I think he's going to take over the entire locker room. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got a, a good leader. personality. I agree. He's a leader. Guys gravitate towards him. Darnold's the exact opposite. He's a prickly dude. He's not really likable. He doesn't really have a personality that makes yeah. you want to go and be around him. And yeah. Darnold, look, I mean, they – Shocked everyone the Panthers did when they picked up that fifth-year option when they traded for him. And everyone was like, what are you doing? And then he went out and played the way that we thought he was going to go out and play, which is basically like trash for the Panthers (laughs) down the stretch. He was good in the beginning, but he was really bad down the stretch. The whole team was bad. Now you could say, well, run, you know, run CMC got hurt. And so you lost half of your offense. And then Robbie Anderson was good in the first half of the year and then not really good the second half of the year make every excuse that you want to make on this. I mean, Matt rule has got to prove something to me that he can be a coach in the NFL this year. And I think that's why they're just stockpiling. You know, they took Matt Corral in the draft. Yeah. Now they've got Darnold. Now they've got mate Baker Mayfield. And they're hoping that they hit on one of the three quarterbacks to be able to take over. And it's a make it, or I guess not for Corral, but for the two for Mayfield and Darnold, this is make it or break it year for them. I mean, they got to prove that they both belong in the league because Darnold's got, you know, next year free agency and, Mayfield now with a new team. I don't know. I would love to see Baker Mayfield start day one, game one against the Browns. It's high drama to see if it happens. And Robbie Anderson's having to backtrack all of these social media posts that he made when it was rumored that they're going to get Baker Mayfield. And he wrote no across the post. And he's like, that's being taken out of context. 
Exactly. How is that being taken out of context, Robbie Anderson? He's too short and he's too slow. I think he could be out of the league. Yes. Yes. He's too slow? I think so. For what? He's not a running quarterback. What is it going to be fast for? Tom Brady scrambles now. You, you could beat Tom Brady. Arnold's got some wheels. Yeah, well, he's not. Now you're comparing Baker Mayfield to Tom Brady. I'm just Come saying, I thought, I did, I'm I saying it's not yeah. being fast is not a prerequisite for being a good quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger was a camel. It couldn't move. Well, I mean, you're not debating on. that he's short then at least. He can see over the offensive line. I mean, look, there's a lot of short quarterbacks in the league right now. I mean, <sighs> I mean, height. Kyler I mean, Murray is fast. He's fast, absolutely. But Drew I mean, Brees had better. He was a little bit like a little wiser up here. I don't think maybe Baker Baker's puts it going to be. As well. I mean, Drew Brees was better with his second team than his first team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I'm just saying there's a chance for him to get into a new system with a new head coach and get away from Cleveland. And maybe that's where he needs to go to flourish. And maybe it lights a fire under his butt and he, he goes there just as a man on a mission and healthy. Baker Mayfield played through so many injuries last year. I mean, the guy was just a banged up. I think he's a leader. He's a great leader and he's tough. I think he proved that at Oklahoma. And I think he proved that with the Browns. I just don't think he has the tools. And I do think Darnold does for sure. And now it's Darnold's second year. You can't just your first year come into a new offense, new coach, everything like that. You expect him to fireworks, right? He's had a whole off season now. I, I am a bit biased, but I do think just the t- tools wise, it's an easy decision. And I think you can even see that. I love that they're playing the Browns in week number one. So what has happened to that line too? That line opened right like four and a half. It's down to like plus one now, I think. And that's more, that's not because of the Baker trade though. That's the Deshaun Watson uncertainty. Right. What do you, what do you think if you had to bet week one, I guess we could jump right into the, the what, what's your opinion on the Watson? Well, hold I, on, I think before, that's we, yeah, before we go to Watson, I, I do want to get heavily into the Watson thing. One, Stavo says, Sean, you're my guy, but stop. You're tripping on this. You're embarrassing yourself with Sam Darnold. So I'm going to die on this. Hill. I, I'm, I'm going to die on this. I, I'm telling you. Yeah. I, um, yes. <laughs> Landon writes, Baker Mayfield won a playoff game for the Cleveland Browns. Sam Darnold's afraid to play football. <laughs> oh, Baker Mayfield was surrounded by some of the best weapons. Oh, what do you have? Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt behind him. A phenomenal well, defense. Yeah. yeah. But but OBJ, why do you think OBJ had to get out of Cleveland? Come on. I know. Not going to Mayfield, but, but, but look, he had, he's got Christian McCaffrey, arguably the most. He was hurt the second half of the season. You've mentioned that he went down. They he struggled. He was, and he, but he was struggling with him as well. I mean, they were losing they games started, when they had him. They weren't they winning started, football games. We so, were winning just like our circuit contest entry, man. It started hot. Started hot, just like our, the Panthers. Fell on our face, mostly because you kept on betting the Panthers and kept on standing on tables for, for taking the Panthers over and over yeah, again. Stubborn loving, guy. loving on Sam Darnold, but six and a half wins. Does the Mayfield addition change any thoughts on over or under six and a half wins for Carolina? No, I mean, I, I think that and I think that's why that hasn't really moved too much. I think Darnold and Mayfield, you have big question marks for both of them. And I think they're relatively similar quarterbacks. So, no, it's not a big step up or a big step down. I like Mayfield. I think I hope he you plays do. game one. Yeah, I do. I, I, I've liked him. I think he got way overexposed. I think he took too many endorsement deals. I think he got away from what really he should have been doing, which is playing football. I think there was some resentment in Cleveland in that locker room around him. And so now he's married. He's had his ego really served up to him. He's been replaced by Deshaun Watson. And now he has to go to Carolina and sort of tuck his tail and go and try to rebuild his career, which hopefully Matt Rule is going to be the guy to get it done. What's wild is that it really is a no-risk move for the Panthers. They're paying him $4 million, $4.8 million a year 
That's it. 10 million of the salary. He dropped down 4 million, took a pay cut, put it to incentives in order to get this deal done. And he's getting only four and a half million to 48.8 million from Carolina. This is a no brainer move for the Panthers to bring him in for a conditional fifth round pick and say, okay, go prove it. I think an angry, motivated Baker Mayfield. If I'm Sam Darnold, I'm not feeling too good right now about my chances to start game one. Just because he's angry and motivated, it's not going to make him grow six inches, Matt. Yes, it was a good buy low spot. I agree with the salary. That all makes sense. All right, but so g- game, game for your life, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Who are you picking? Sam Darnold. Are you a Sam high? Darnold. No. What, is, what no. game has he won that proves to you that he can actually win a big game? When he was at USC, let me tell you about his college career. Oh, sure. He's got a cannon. He's got the legs. He hasn't put it together mentally. And as I said, he got screwed up by the Jets. I want to see one more season from him. And I will get off this hill. If he has one more awful season, I will give up. If he loses the job in training camp, you should get off the hill. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. And and if if he loses, if he's not starting game one, and I think he's going to start game one because of the $19 million contract. I think the team is just going to suck it up and say, all right, Sam, you get to play until you stink. And maybe the extra motivation, the extra drama around the Browns game, they don't want to deal with it. So Browns week one. Both of them could be out of the league in five years or perennial backup quarterbacks for sure. I know that's what I'm saying. One or two years. We're talking. We're literally looking at like two dumpster fires and trying to debate which dumpster fire like is less burning. Come on. I don't know. I trust Baker Baker Mayfield way more than Sam Darnold. I I, I think Baker Mayfield's a a better talent, a better quarterback, a better leader, tougher. I I just I think on every category, I'm taking Baker over Sam Darnold. I just don't think he'll play right. right. The only thing Sam's got is Sam's got a 19 million dollar contract, and that's what Baker doesn't have. So they picked up the option when they traded for him. But I think the addition of Baker Mayfield speaks volumes, volumes of how the Panthers feel about whether or not they have a quarterback or not. All right. You talked about where we are here with Deshaun Watson. So it's interesting. Watson, the case leaks are starting to pop off about exactly what is being said or what was said about the case involving Deshaun Watson. There's some evidence that's circulating just Anderson's reporting some stuff today that you can go read. That's we won't get into it here, but it's a little interesting. How many games does Deshaun Watson play in 2022 in your opinion? Like if I was setting an over under. Yeah. How many games, how many games is he starting under quarterback? Or, or I think or there's how a many, how many, how many games of suspension? Zero. I think, no, I think there's a good chance of zero games. I think he might be spending the entire season. I think it's very likely. I you think, think it's, it's going to be shorter. I think he's playing at minimum 10 games. Wow. So he may, yeah. he may play 11. How? A, a six game suspension. You're right. It's, it's generally all about money. And he did get one of the wealthiest, richest contracts. Biggest NFL deal in quarter the in shield, NFL history. The NFL shield might die behind that too. You're right. You're probably right there. I don't It'll think it's right. Sweet. I mean, I, no, I know yeah. not morally, not yeah, morally, I, but, but I think, I think, yeah. I think the bigger problems and Doug made the great point yesterday. If you look at the history of Jerry Jones, history of Robert Kraft, the history of some other people in high profile spots with the league who did not receive a gigantic suspension for their, you know, really inappropriate acts. The league is dealing with a civil situation, not a legal situation. If it was legal, I'm with you. It's a year. If anybody in Houston, if a DA in Houston decides to charge Deshaun Watson with a crime, he's not playing football this year in the NFL. But everything is being done civilly. He is now settled with 20 
of the 25 accusation, I believe. And it's crazy to even say that. But I think as long as this stays in civil court, I think it's going to be a 10 game suspension that eventually will be whittled down to to six games for Watson. I think that's probably accurate. But like you said, there's no chance that a criminal investigation is going to come out. They're not, there's going to be another person to come forward maybe with some evidence or proof. I mean, the New York times thinks that the women are 66 women that are actually involved with this. Like it's not 25 it's 66. So like, if one of those women has a credible case and a, a, a law enforcement person says, yes, a crime occurred here, but everything what I'm reading is that the stuff that's being reported in the court case and in, in the hearing that went through is like, there's not, no one is accusing Watson of doing anything forced, forcible or violent. It's just inappropriate. Like everything he's doing is making the women feel really uncomfortable and really inappropriate. And they didn't want to do it. Some of them did. And that creates a bigger problem for the women who did not want it to have happen. And really there's there's only two people who know exactly what happened in that room. And one is saying, I didn't do anything. And the other is saying you committed a crime or you, you did something to me that I found to be disgusting and horrible. And, And I'm not here to judge one way or the other. I'm just saying from an NFL legal perspective, it is conduct detrimental There's no debating it, but the league has Houston, the Texans in the same boat as Watson. They had these women sign NDAs. They gave him a place to do this stuff in the facility. So like, if you're going to take down Watson, what do you do with Houston? Because Deshaun Watson, Mm -hmm. if he loses time, can turn around and sue the NFL and saying the Texans, let me do it. And I'm being suspended and you did nothing to the ownership or to the team that allowed me to do it. So it's, it's so much more complicated now because the Texans are complicit in allowing or in allowing that to happen with Deshaun Watson. So now it's it's yeah, it's the shield. I I, think I, I shield see. I'll let you win this one. I think you talked me into a new one. I think okay. yours would be more accurate. I was definitely right on the Darnold issue, but yes, five <laughs> five games suspension. I think it's six. Games. I, mean, I I think yeah. more than Brady. Brady got four for breaking the phone. So I think yeah. they're going to try to make it up saying, okay, when, when I think it's going to be 10, but I think upon appeal, like it, it never actually is them. And maybe they'll negotiate and say, look, we're going to give you a 10 game suspension. You're not going to appeal it. Or, or we're going to go for a whole year. We're going to try hard to get the full year out of you. If we, if we drop it to 10, you have to accept it and you can, or drop it to eight, you have to accept it and you can't appeal it. He may say yes, just to know that he's going to play. But you mentioned the shield, the Browns, had him working with the ones, all of OTAs. Mm-hmm. They gave him the biggest contract guaranteed in quarterback history. This team knows something. The Cleveland Browns know that this year, Deshaun Watson is going to be in uniform. They just don't know when exactly he's going to be in uniform. But no, that's still history. I mean, even the, the commander's owner, he's still the owner. You right. got Robert Sarver. We got guys here in Phoenix. You're probably right on that one, Matt. I like that. Too. Yeah, it's it's just that that's that's a huge issue for the league as to how to how do they handle their own dirty laundry, if you will. But all right, so breaking news came out just before we came on the air today. We'll get to Arizona State in the Pac-12 here in just oh. one second. But the ACC is now potentially going to blow up. This report came out about two hours ago that North Carolina. Virginia, and by the way, no Duke in this. This is the real interesting piece. North Carolina, Virginia. Uh, let me pull up all four teams that are, that are going to be out. North Carolina, Clemson. Florida State, Clemson, Virginia are all being talked to to join the SEC. I mean, 
this is unbelievable that it's happening this quickly, that these Pac-12 and ACC schools could all be done. How do you feel about this? If Carolina goes to the SEC? That I don't care too much about. I like that I was kind of right on our podcast. Doug was arguing that Clemson wasn't going to the SEC because of this arbitrary. I was like, they're definitely taking Florida State and Clemson. Virginia, why Virginia? Uh, that, that's the one that well, doesn't make it, as much sense. They to want me. the DC market. I think mm-hmm. taking Virginia gives them the DC market television wise. So I think that's uh, why they would take is. they would take Virginia. And Virginia's academics also helps the SEC a little bit. You know, they're an AAU school, so they were more targeted to the Big Ten. People said they'd go to the Big Ten before the SEC. But, uh, I mean, they want that geographical footprint is what they're after. And that's why they'd go get Virginia. It's all about money, as we were talking about earlier in the NFL. College football is even more so that way. And I understand why these super leagues are forming or why the Big Ten is growing. Personally, it makes me sad. As my entire life, I grew up a Pac-12 fan. I was born in Washington back when the Washington Huskies were winning national titles in the early 90s, late 80s against those really good Miami teams. Then I moved to Arizona. I went to Arizona State. I was a Sun Devil. We've never really accomplished too much. I mean, 92, (laughs) 93, went to the Rose Bowl, lost Jake Plummer. But playing those big SC teams, playing just playing these rivalry games. Right. And now USC and UCLA are gone. And now this news of the ACC getting poached, which was inevitable. I don't know why people thought that that wasn't going to happen as soon as the Pac-12 was getting poached. But I am always an optimist, so I do look to the future. And I think with the ACC getting poached, I think that makes it highly more likely that Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, Utah – some of those schools, we head to the Big 12. And we where's Miami, though? The Sean? third league. I know. Where, that's where's where, Miami? Is it, I thought Miami weird? was going to SEC. Why would right. they? I thought they'd go to the SEC. I thought for sure Florida State, Miami, Clemson, that made sense. Because you definitely I want just to wonder what, what this leads me to believe is that if they're going to take North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia, what it leads me to believe is that Miami is going to hold out for a sweeter offer, that they're going to join the SEC, yes. but you, you, you're going to take these four. And then Miami is going to say, well, you want Miami of the markets. I mean, Tallahassee is small. Clemson, South Carolina is small. Virginia's in Charlottesville. You get DC, but it's still small. And North Carolina brings you Charlotte, but it's not that large. Miami is a major market. So if you want Miami for the SEC network and you want Miami for the recruiting grounds of being able to fly in here and not fight with the ACC schools, you can just take, you know, say we're an SEC school, like we've seen with Texas A&M. I, I think Miami does wind up. This is just wave one. I think wave two could very well be Miami, Louisville, maybe just those two, but or other schools. I, I mean, if you're Duke, Boston College, Wake Forest, how concerned are you right now? Very concerned. That's what I feel bad about the Oregon states and the Washington states. And these schools are they're going to join like the wow, the big West. They're going to, it's, it's sad, but as long as Arizona state lands somewhere, I'll be all right. So I, all right, I don't so care. About all right, so let's go to that. So, so Arizona state and Arizona are part of the four to six teams being rumored to go to the big 12 rumored. Yeah. Okay. I think rumors are, you know, no, our president, like let's put literally rumors our in, athletic like, director is standing market. on a Hill. I, yeah. But it's pretty loud. Okay. It's, it's Pac-12, pretty loud. No, you think the Pac 12 is going to survive. Like what kind of idiot is saying, making statements like okay. that right now? Well, here's, that here's, Here's a here's the the latest report out of how the Pac-12 stays together. They are trying to renegotiate their TV rights right now. Oh, meaning, okay, meaning they could potentially make an offer to now that they've lost USC and UCLA, 
But if Apple TV comes in and Apple TV throws a ton of money at them and says, hey, we want your TV rights, you could keep Oregon. If you keep Oregon, you can keep Washington. You keep Washington, you keep the Pac-12. And I agree so, with that. <laughs> who would you want in? If Arizona State and Arizona says, okay, wait, we don't want to travel to the Big 12. We don't want to go play football. Because frankly, look at They don't want to play football in cold weather environments or even into the Texases of the world. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. But you want to go to Ames? You want to play you know, in December against Iowa State? As Arizona State, no, you don't. <laughs> you no. want no part of that. You don't want to go no. play in that. It, just geographically, weather wise, you are at a major disadvantage uh, for uh, it. But Iowans love coming to Arizona. I, that's why the Insight Bowl and all the bowl games, Iowa and Iowa State. If I, I, when I was covering them, it's like every year they were being sent to Arizona to go play in one of the bowl games on New Year's Day or New Year's Week for in Arizona. So Iowans love to go down there. And I think a lot of Big 12 fans love to go down to Arizona. So I think they'd welcome Arizona and Arizona State. But if the Pac-12 stayed together, who would you want in? Who, who would you add to I keep your conference want, alive? You want me to tell you UNLV. You, you know, you, that's what you want. Yes. I do want you to say uh, UNLV. Yes. I think you got to look at San Diego State. So we agree. don't really need two teams, right? Just to replace USC and UCLA. If, right. the, if that is true, then I do think, yeah, the Pac-12 has a way better chance to stay together. That would totally make up for Larry Scott's blunders of the awful, awful Pac-12 network. Literally the worst network in the history of all networks. <laughs> it was bad. I, personally, Matt, I would say UNLV because I wouldn't mind taking the, maybe an annual trip to Vegas and maybe go see a game. But yeah, probably San Diego State, UNLV there's what about Gonzaga? I know they don't have a football program. Well, look, Gonzaga, should, a, Gonzaga should go to the big East. Okay. Which wow. makes literally no sense. travel across the country. Yeah, But they're going to do that anyway. I mean, the big 10 is from California to New Jersey. I mean, yeah. the travel now it's out the window flights. It's out the window. Kids grow up flying cross country all the time. And it's, it's just Gonzaga needs St. Mary's and they need San Francisco and they need probably one other school to go with them to whatever conference they're going to go to. And that's how if the Gonzaga, if, if the, if the all Catholic conference minus Butler, all the Jesuit universities, which is San Francisco, St. Mary's Gonzaga joins the Nova's Creighton's Georgetown's all the, all the school, all the current schools that are in the big East. They fit, they fit with academics. They fit with their philosophies that they're all Jesuit university, except for Butler. So I, I, I think that is a very real possibility. And then what, what happens to the West coast conference? That's a big concern, obviously oh. that, that goes, that goes away. So I, that's where I think Gonzaga is going to wind up if they are going to relocate into a different conference. The problem with not having football is that you don't have the driver. You don't have the big one. Duke has basketball. They've got okay football, but they don't really care about football. <laughs> If I'm Duke, Duke if I'm Duke right now, I'm going, wait, if we lose North Carolina to the SEC, one, Carolina football goes way up in stock. Two, Duke is left scrambling, trying to find their way. I would love to see Duke join the Big East for basketball. Wow. And that would okay. be amazing. Someone speculated that earlier today saying, give me a all basketball league with Duke and Villanova and Creighton. And I mean, this would be, I, I would be Gonzaga. Like that would be an unbelievable basketball league. But again, it puts Duke on a major problem with football because football is what drives the bus in this conversation. So I don't know, Boston college, Wake Forest, Duke, Oregon state, Washington state, like these Oregon smaller state. schools They're are screwed. in deep, 
are in deep trouble right now. And they, and the mountain West conference could very well find their, you know, find some larger oh, yeah. universities in, in, into their conference with Oregon state and Washington state potentially mm-hmm. needing a place to play football. <laughs> that's, that's, that's their landing. That's definitely their landing spots. But I still like that big 12 idea. You can't mention the, you know, Gonzaga to the big East. If yeah. you add Arizona our our little brother university, as I refer to them as right to that big 12, the Big 12 basketball would be Kansas, Baylor, Texas oh. Tech, Houston. They got coming. Cincinnati's coming. And then you throw Arizona and then the power, the powerhouse, Bobby Hurley and Arizona State Sun Devils. I mean, that would be a basketball conference, one of the best in the countries. I, I mean, I'd like to see it that way. With this new Apple news, keeping the Pac-12 together, as long as Oregon and that big Phil Knight money stay in in Washington, yeah. I could see that. But the Pac-12 has just fallen so off, man. It's just been depressing. But it might be this might be the wake-up call, though. Like yeah. this, oh. this, this might this is what woke up the Big 12. When the Big 12 was about to lose Texas and Oklahoma to the Pac-12, it woke up the Big 12 and they try and they literally changed all their rules, all their bylaws. They really had to completely figure out how to stay alive because they were about to be killed by the Pac-12. Now the Big 12 may come in and kill the Pac-12. If it doesn't happen, however, it may be a moment for the Pac-12 to say, wait, 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 we got to fix this. Larry Scott's gone. Let's talk to a streaming provider. We're in Silicon Valley. Apple, you need content. You're putting on Major League Baseball games. All right, let's put all of our games on Apple until we've got a big money you know, huge platform to play our games on that everybody can get access to for just a couple of bucks a month. And then we go and keep our conference together from a monetary standpoint. So I think Apple is the one hook here that could save the Pac-12. And I hope they do save it because if you're a college football fan, I'm going to say this. If you're a college football fan, this is not good to have an SEC versus Big Ten arms race you're going to see college sports be changed dramatically top to bottom. If we've got two 25 team conferences and that's it. And that's, and then the big 12 would be the third. I know. Why would you want to be in that third layer competing? Right. Right. You have a problem. But it's still going to be big 10 sec world. No matter what they took USC from us. That's just, uh, it's, it's okay though. I, I, I mean, I think it's more the travel obviously. Right. I mean, back in the day when Nebraska went to the big 10, there were folks in Penn state going, we got to travel to Nebraska. Now Penn state's got to travel to Los Angeles. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's because of the NIL deals It's because of Hollywood. It's because of the marketing opportunities that are going to be presented for big 10 schools and the number two media market that you're grabbing a hold of with the two big schools that negotiated their way into this and they're going to travel charter. I mean, if you're a UCLA volleyball player, you're going to travel charter. If you're a UCLA softball player, you're going to travel charter. I mean, they, they're making so much money off this deal that it's not going to be hard for them to travel as far as they're going to have to travel. The big 10 schools are going to have to make those treks out there and they're not going to be in love with that when it's the Olympic sports. Oh, sunny California. Come on. It's the Olympic sports. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. But if you're playing, if you're a Rutgers soccer player, (laughs) Rutgers is tough. Rutgers. Okay. I'm a Rutgers soccer player. Hey, by the way, you have a six hour flight to Los Angeles right now, charter or no charter. You got a six hour flight and then you're going to play the game the next day. That's not great. That's that's a tough day. That's a whole day of traveling just to get to a place where you're going to play a game and turn around, get back on the plane and fly back somewhere else. So I don't know. I I I I think it's 
in theory, a really good move monetary wise and, and marketing wise, but in execution for non-football boy and for football USC playing a 9 a.m. kickoff in mm-hmm. Rutgers, Happy Valley, in, 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 in Northwestern. I mean, like enjoy that having to play in December in the cold weather. It doesn't make much sense. Adding when the Big Ten added Rutgers, that didn't make too much sense to me in just from a starting point there. But now, yes, Rutgers across the entire country. But as you mentioned, everything's chartered now. Kids fly. Supposedly no big deal. What about Notre Dame? What do you feel about the Irish to the Big Ten? They gotta go to the Big Ten. They gotta go, right? They get yes, they gotta go. I've been waiting for Notre Dame to join a major conference, and the Big Ten makes the most sense. You have the Michigan rivalry. You got just geographically, it makes the most sense. It's a wet. They got I mean, it, don't it, they want a piece it's of the a pie? Dream. This is a dream for the Big Ten to finally crack that egg that they've been hammering on for so long. When Notre Dame join our conference, join our conference. I mean, NBC has got to be like, man, we paid how much money for the rights to these games? We got to do what now? I mean, you're gonna be part of the Big Ten now. We got to watch you play some really bad teams, like. That was always the attraction of Notre Dame. They always had those rivalries with USC and always yeah, had those rivalries. Stanford. And, and it'll happen with Stanford. And like, I guess the USC game will stay, but the Stanford game will be gone. What do you do with Stanford and Cal? Like, join the Ivy just, League. Join the Ivy League. Cal has just fallen off the map. Join the Ivy League. league. <laughs> what? There are the? a bunch of nerds up there. I don't know. What's I'm just the, saying that. Wait, wait. What's the closest Ivy League school to Stanford? We're, we just mentioned travel is not a big issue anymore. USC Rutgers. It's, it's a pipe dream. I mean, that's what do you they think, Colin? They have TV money. Ivy League doesn't have TV money. They don't even have a conference tournament, for goodness sake. I sakes. want Stanford to go stomp Harvard, stomp those East Coast nerds, and at least like well, show them what the fact yeah. I mean, I mean, look, they, that's happened for, I mean, that happens a lot. But <laughs> man, that's wild to the Ivy League. I they're academic know. programs. That's what I'm yeah, saying. They're academic. Like they are the academic jewels of the that, But Stanford believes they're more than that, though. Stanford mm-hmm. believes that they're they're more than just an Ivy League school. That they go got. undefeated in the Ivy League. Come out, maybe try to make it. They're going to expand the playoffs. Maybe get Stanford in, though. They'll be undefeated. But it's an easier <laughs> path to the playoffs, Matt. Come what on, are you talking about? Got to think big picture here. <laughs> just, this is nonsense. Now, I I'll be curious to see if they if they can somehow figure out a way to keep the Pac-12 together. Because I really think if you're a college football fan, you do not want this to happen. You want the Pac-12 to stay together. You want this. You want to have four or five, six different leagues that all feed into one playoff system. Because it's like having baseball where you have the National League East and the American League East, and that's it. Like, you don't want that. You want different types of football. You want different, I mean, I don't know. I don't want the homogenization of college football. I I, I like the differences. I just don't want to Arizona state to become irrelevant though. And I think if we do pull up smaller schools like UNLV or San Diego state, whoever we're going to pick off, right. We just, the, the quality of football, the quality of athletics goes down a little bit. 100%. I think if we join the big 12, yeah, we might get up. beat up a bit, but I think nationally that raises our profile. We make more money. We get better recruits. So I think that still is my favored you option. Better recruits. Uh, that's an interesting question. We can't recruit the state of Oh yeah, I think we, if you have more games on TV, if you're playing, they come down here. I mean, this is oh they they rob the big, us, yeah. the big twelve schools come to Arizona, come to yes. come to Las Vegas. They come to our part of the world to recruit talent to go to theirs. Yep. Would would it happen in the reverse? I guess so. But you are talking about some schools. I mean, like Texas Tech. You're not recruiting Lubbock, Texas. No. Ames, Iowa. 
you're not recruiting Des Moines. <laughs> you know, you're not going into those high. There's like one kid maybe you want in the entire state if you're Arizona, Arizona State. Most of the time, Arizona and Arizona State are going to Los Angeles to recruit their talent. So now you're going to go tell a kid in Los Angeles to come to school at Arizona and go play in Ames, Iowa. It's, high, it's a high-profile game. Is I that going to help your recruiting? Higher-quality opponents. Is it a high-quality opponent? If your parents and friends can't you go to just it? Hate, you just always slip in little Iowa State hate. I'm just talking like, oh, no, it's I Iowa, hate Iowa State. I, I'm just talking about where I worked and what I covered. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going off my own think, history. Yeah, Brock, I'm, Brock I'm Purdy, saying, okay, that was a local ahead. recruit. That was a local high school stud here. He went to Iowa State to go play football. Because he's a quarterback. In the cold. Because he's a quarterback. I think kids will want to go play. I think they want games that are on national I television. I would agree. But why can't you get that in the Pac-12? If the Pac-12 oh, exists and, and stays in with when USC. We had the UNLV when we go play. Well, I guess if we play in the Raiders stadium, that might be kind of cool. That's what I mean. But That's where you're playing. You're playing in a brand new spanking mm. stadium. It's $2 billion stadium. It, I, I mean, I've seen UMass play at Foxborough. It doesn't work. It's a bad idea playing college football in NFL stadiums. But fine, you can build it out and it could work. You want the market of Las Vegas more than anything else. You I want. It's had a football program there for a second. That's your alma mater. I mean, that's, UMass. Oh, it's feels so bad. We're the worst program in, in all of college football. UMass is the worst. Co- even with basketball, period. what happened to the days like Marcus Camby and we the guys were really good. We stopped oh, cheating. Okay. That, that's what happened. We stopped cheating. So <laughs> you know, once 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 we stopped cheating, was oh, but I mean, like I just think it's. I don't know if you're gonna. I don't know if the Big Twelve move gives you better recruits. I don't know. It might. I think so. But I don't know. I mean, I, it does elevate your profile. It does get you on television, but you're already on. on you're going to be on television. Your games are going to be played at wonky times for your audience. Again, get ready for 9 a.m. Pacific time games. You cool with yeah. that? People like the degenerate gamblers love to bet the West Coast late at night on Saturdays. I mean, we talk about the Hawaii those games game. Aren't going to exist. Those games aren't going to be around if the Pac-12 breaks up. That's what I, yeah. I would. I would be very sad about that. Pac-12 right. after, after dark. It was I forgot the about game. my degenerates late yeah. at night at the bar. The only game on TV. I couldn't the imagine Chase the East game, Coast. right? The, the, yeah, you gotta yeah, find yeah. the. And then the last game is always the Hawaii game, right? I yeah. mean, the Chase yeah, game is all the way the to real the degenerates. The real Chase game is about about the Hawaii game when you're really down. You try to dig out of the hole. You bet Hawaii, you bet the over on the rain on the Warriors and see what happens in, in that game. But that I don't know. I, I don't want this to happen. I like the pageantry of college football. I like the history of college football. I don't want to see this all break up. I think it's a mistake mm-hmm. to Rose break game. all this up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, one NBA question. We got into this a lot yesterday oh, with yeah. Doug, but but how, how do you feel about Kevin Durant? Are you on the yes to the Suns? I, I'll ask you the same question I asked Doug. I said, Doug, if I give you a hundred dollars of my money to bet on what team? that Kevin Durant will play on game one next year. Where are you putting the bet? I'm putting them on the Suns, and I'm sticking by that. I am still confident, I believe, in some of the Twitter rumors, the Twitter sources that have been reliable, that even knew that KD was unhappy, or at least would request a trade before that ever happened. And they're fairly certain that he is still becoming a son. And I do think the longer this drags on, the longer this goes, I think that is, it makes it more likely that the Suns do land him. He is the most likely spot and i know the odds have dropped i mean it got up to as high as like minus 250 and it was gonna be a sun and i think it, now it's sitting around plus 130 the, the nets have definitely moved up that he might be staying with Kyrie. those odds have improved but it just makes logical sense for me for him to come here he wants to be a son players have does more he, power in the nba than does any, he yes want, does he yes so yes. Uh, so he wants Doug, to play with booker 
But Doug wants to play for Monty. Doug put a little interesting spin on that yesterday. Yeah, that was a Kendrick Perkins thing that Doug was yeah, out there talking I, about. I, I, Doug also thought there was no chance Clemson goes to the SEC. So come on. They haven't can't, yet. We can't trust Doug. They haven't yet. It's highly likely. It's, yeah, they haven't yet. I mean, Let's see if that so actually what, your, You're going to throw some shade. What is your, what is your devil's, devil's It's no opinion? shade. It's just interesting that maybe they want, he wants Kyrie to get an extension because he has a longer term deal and he wants to make sure that Kyrie's going to be there the whole time. And so Would, they're not willing to do it. So he says, okay, fine. I want to be traded then. And then maybe they come back and say, all right, fine. We'll extend, you know, we'll extend Kyrie if you'll stay. Would you want to play with Kyrie Irving, Matt? Would that be he a does. He did. He went he there for that reason. He he, I mean, he clearly Passed wants him. to play with them. I mean, that's, no, that's and they played what 15 games together last year with their full lineup. I mean, we haven't really seen what it will look like when the in the, no, the whole no. COVID thing and the vaccination thing and everything else that went on last year with the Nets. You know, that I don't change people's opinions of a person that maybe they don't want to play with someone that's going that to be in true. the trenches with them. That is true. I will give you I that. am fully on board that Durant wants to play. It's like, can he get here? I also don't believe that the Nets don't want Aiden. Come on. I think that's just bargaining. That's business. That's raising the stakes. I don't think they're going to get a better player or at least a player that has a somewhat higher ceiling than a young Aiden. Why? Aiden is a dinosaur. He doesn't fit in today. today's NBA. He doesn't fit. He does. He can shoot. He's a he's a stretch five. He can shoot outside. He can't I think. Shoot. What are you talking about? Aiden's yeah, within a it, not what, like a three team, ball, but outside. Team, okay, fine. That's what I'm talking about. What team has a stretch five right now that is a successful team in the NBA? The T Wolves made the playoffs with a very tall guy who likes to hang way outside in towns. And, and, and they're running the back of the twin okay. towers. But they went and got Rudy Gobert for the reason that yeah. they knew he wasn't a great five. He's not going to play the five. He's going to play the four. He's just a big version of the four, but he's not going to play the five. Gobert's going to play the five. Aiton it's could tough. be like a mini Hakeem Olajuwon. He's just oh, he's boy. so young, he can still he's get better. around some big names, man. I'm just trying to – I hope some Nets scouts. 50 NBA players of all time. You're putting him I in just that hope category. some Nets. I just hope some Nets Nets fans, some Nets insiders are listening. They can talk themselves. You know what? Maybe Aiton is the guy we should like. Yo, or goodness. the three-team trade. You could get Donovan Mitchell to go to the Nets. And now that's the Jazz, of course, like Aiton too. Now that's a trade. Yes. Now, problem is – Aiton going to the Jazz means he's going to be furious for about three years because the Jazz are going to suck for a but while. But they can build it. He wants to be the one. He Correct. wants all the attention. He, could, he, he wants to be built around. I would agree with that. He'd go to Utah and they could build around him. If they trade away Mitchell and they blow the whole thing up, Gobert and Mitchell are both gone. Aiton can be the piece. But it sounds like the Suns aren't jumping up and down to make this move. No, they're just like- being quiet. Everything is quiet. It's going just as planned. What you know, Arizona's the Pac-12 is dissolving, and yeah. now KD's not. If KD is not a Sun, I mean that just oh, after the the last two seasons the Suns have had being right. title favorites, a great chance at a title, and then missing out on the KD sweepstakes. Like, what, what are we going to run it back with eight? Come on, this has got to happen. This has got. So you happen. think it's a bad idea to run it back? Yeah, you don't like it. Wow, that's no, I, I'm I'm over eight and I'm I'm over eight and I just I know I just because spent some time building him up, but personally I'm I'm over him. At least so you're over him because of his attitude, his efforts, yeah. injury. Monty, what? Monty is a great coach. He's a player's coach. Everyone respects and loves him. And just some articles I've read about how the season ended and the interaction between Monty and him, I think it's irreparably damaged. That's what I've heard. So like, how do you just come back? That's the same thing way I feel about Durant too. How do you request a trade? And they'd be like, come back. Oh, yeah, let's let's run it back. Everything's going to be peachy here. There's a lot of cracks, a lot of division. 
I think it's better to move on for both teams. That's why I think this trade makes so much sense. You got to move on. Interesting. Uh, before we get to baseball, I have it starts here in 10 minutes. Going to throw a two leg parlay oh at you. Oh boy. I got this at plus 186 last night. It's plus 286. Uh, sorry, I got a plus 286 last night. It's plus 290 at FanDuel right now. People can do it. Reds money line over nine. Game one of their doubleheader today. Reds money line. Wow. How do you feel about, about the Reds winning today and going over nine today? So here are I the like stats. the over. I like the over more than I like the Reds. And okay, I think so he, here are the stats from our guy SoCal Dejan. Reds and the Pirates, two game set. We're talking about game one. The Reds are 16 and two straight up. Last 18 games at home against the Pirates. They are throwing Contreras, who has eight starts on the year, 4.09 ERA. His road ERA is 4.5, worse than the road. He got killed in his last start, seven runs in an inning and a third against Milwaukee. Not good. In his Not last good. outing. Mike Miner going for the Reds. Six starts, a 6.82 ERA. At home, his ERA is 6.2. 6.8, sorry, 6.82 overall. 6.2 at home. Uh, bad month of June had a decent start last time out against the Braves, only two runs in six innings, but they lost the game nine to one reds have been very good to the over pirates just got waxed by the Yankees 16, nothing yesterday after the Yankees lost the first game of that series. I like the reds to win today at home. I like the over nine to like leg that parlay. over. That over and the Reds last night, I had the Mets. And that's why I believe the Reds are not to be trusted. Looks like the Reds were going to win that game, despite the Mets having double the hits the Reds had. What did you have? Money line or, then, or run line? I had the Mets money line. Oh, that run I, line was... I had run line. I know. I, oh, big cap. I mean, extra innings. Like, I remember I got that update Rare. on the score. I was like, wait, they're up by like, they're up by five now? I thought was, they were win by one or two. But. My DMs went crazy. I wasn't even oh. watching the game. I was on the phone with a friend of mine who was going through something last night. And so I, so I was talking with her for about two hours last night and my phone kept on buzzing. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, wait, the Mets won? Like, how the hell did the Mets Trust win? Me. And they covered. Juicy. It's like they a minus 150, line. minus 155. Oh. I'm sitting there staring at like a $750 loss. And then the Reds do what the Reds do. And that's why I cannot back the Reds. Their bullpen is so bad, so bad. They, they just find ways to lose. They have some of the worst fielding percentages. Uh, another bet, though, I'm on that starting soon, though. I have that uh, Astros, the under, and that Royals. I think that's okay. So that's soon. So I gave that on the podcast last night. It was eight and a half. I think it was, it was crashing today. It's but I got an eight and a half. Verlander minus 370 mm. against against the Royals. The run line is minus 160. Mm. This I is don't stupid. Like this is too early to have minus 370 pitchers. Oh. This is ridiculous. I know the Royals suck, but come on, man. This is crazy. Run line of minus 160. Do you have a, a, a juice threshold that you won't pay higher than on the run line? 
No, I mean, I, I, I find out the, what are the Dodgers, whether the Dodgers covered the run line and something about like 90% of their wins or something crazy yeah. like that on fourth, certain teams. Last night was like the fourth or fifth time all yeah. year they won and not on the run line. On the run line, that's a new thing. But yeah, the run line is dirty, especially if you're backing a home team. But I, I think runs are just going to be at a premium in this game. Yeah. The Astros, everyone thinks they're they're hitting, right? They're they're the Blastros. They, they think no. of Altuve. And this year, they're, what are they? They're, they're 14th in runs. They're 16th in batting average. There's they kind are. of a... A mediocre the batting Astros are the number one team in Major League Baseball to the under. Yeah, that's 29, 49, and three. Their the games go open. That's why their games go over just 37% of the time. And they yeah. have the number one bullpen. I think Verlander is going to give them some innings today, but they do. They have the number one bullpen in Major League Baseball. So if you do, the starter comes out, you're not going to be scoring much off that Astros bullpen. And that's why I took that under the full game under even though I trust Verlander to hold the Royals in check. Do I trust this Bubik character? Not so much, but I think the stats so, I just mentioned, the Astros you know are this, So do you know our, our love of, of Bubik on this show? Are you, what, do you back his overs or do you back no, his... Well, this is so you fade him, you fade uh, him. Biggie J on the... I, I, I preface it by saying that the game one starts in five minutes. He said, did they know the game starts in five minutes? Yes, I said it in the beginning. So let's talk about this right now because the game starts in five minutes and the same thing happened with the Royals game. That game will start in uh what three minutes that game starts for the Royals and the Astros. But Bubik was a guy. So there was a big article that got written by the SB Nation site uh, covering the Royals and said this guy belongs in Omaha. And ever since that article came out, he's been halfway good. He's been good. Yeah. Bubik's Lately. been okay. He's been pitched, he's pitched pretty well for the Royals. So Unders. that's why I don't mind the under in this play. He's been halfway decent on this. So under eight, juice minus 120 on the under. You like eight and a half. What'd you get for a juice? Oh, um, it was minus 120 last night for okay. eight and a half, but it's been plummeting down. That's why yeah, I gave that on the pot. Yeah, yeah very nice. Oh, All right. So, so on, on, on the, those are the two early games. So I like reds. You, you can do over. Sean likes the over. It's juiced a little bit. Minus 120 to the over, over nine. Uh, I'm parlaying that same game parlaying with the reds minus 108 or minus 110, depending on what you want to bet on. Uh, FanDuel's got it as plus 290. I got it as plus 286 last night. So nearly a three to one little fun beginning to the day today. If I hit that, I may come back with another bet coming up here. Oh, Nadal, just with, hot. Nadal just withdrew from Wimbledon. What? During his That's match or, or is it over? I thought or, he had like an eight-inch strain on his he like does. stomach injury, though. Yeah, so that makes sense. That's bizarre. So the article that came out this morning on that was the fact that they thought he was going to be able to practice, and he has a seven-millimeter uh, like a tear, or something. tear. Yeah, seven-millimeter tear of his abdomen. But he intended to play in the semifinal, so he practiced for forty-five minutes before today. And it looks like he pulled out, according to Todd Bramlecamp on the on the chat. He he yep. said he couldn't do it. Wow! Yeah, that Nick Nick Kyrgios is just going to walk over into the final. That's nice. Be, how about yeah. that? How much for the sports book perspective? Boy, are the books going to be in love with that? To have him not win Wimbledon? Ooh, boy, that's something else. Okay. Uh, Roger says Nets want to trade Durant to Boston for Tatum, Smart, White, and four draft picks. Where did that come from? <laughs> what, what do you feel about that trade, Matt? Would you? I do it do tomorrow. That? Wow! But I don't. But, but I don't have. But Jason Tatum's not involved in that. Jalen Brown is. I take Jalen Brown and I put Jalen Brown in there. But Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, 
White and four draft picks, done deal for Kevin Durant. Why would trade. you trade Durant? That's what the, the Raptors and the Heat are also possibilities. I, I don't, you have to send them to the West Coast. Why would you trade them to a franchise they that you're going to have to get through? They didn't send, you know, the last time they did this, they didn't do that. They didn't, yeah. you know, Boston was able to fleece the Nets the last time. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't, I think they, they want the best package. I'm not giving them Jason Tatum. You can go fly a kite. That's Tatum is off the board. Brown, I would trade. Tatum, I would not touch. Not Top in a million years. three NBA player. That's what people will sell their souls for Durant. That's also I'll why sell my soul it's for Durant. As a Celtics oh, fan, I'll oh, sell my soul for Durant. Instant title, instant title contender. Or at I least mean, even Mal- more so Malcolm, last year. Think about this, right? You have Malcolm Brogdon on the point. Yeah. You have Brogdon on the point. You trade Marcus no. Smart, which I'm down with. I love Marcus Smart, but I'm down with. You then take your backcourt would be Brogdon and Tatum. Your front court would be Durant, um, Horford, and Williams. Don't talk Paul yourself Lentz. into this, man. That's it's, I you're just building yourself up. No, you're building worry, yourself David up for a big letdown. It's David not going to happen. Dave and I have been talking about oh. this before this rumor, and I don't know if Rogers coming to right Phoenix. It's coming to the Rogers. The one putting this in the chat. I said this. You know, I said this two weeks ago. I said the money works for Brown and Tatum alone. The money for Durant that works. So anything else you want to add in, that's fine. But to get the money to work, Tatum's con- I'm sorry, Brown's contract and Marcus Smart's contract, and you're good. You can make that deal happen. So add on draft picks, add on whoever you want to add on, and I'm fine with making that trade. Nope. Boston have him Gallinari coming off the bench. I'm totally cool with Boston making the move. If, if they get Kevin Durant, Malcolm Brogdon, and Dino Gallinari in the offseason, Brad Stevens is like. A, a, I mean, he's, he's a good basketball coach. He may be a better GM. If Boston be scores that, I am going to forever hate. <laughs> That's what I remember from the years of pushing the odds, which is coming uh-huh. up. New England's winning titles, just yep. Boston. And then I'm over here in Arizona just sweating 120-degree summers, <laughs> thinking, oh, maybe we'll get Durant. It's probably not going to happen. Jeez. I, I got to look at odds. Do the Celtics move up on the odds? They were already, they're already the odds on favorite. To win it all. Oh boy! So, no, no. Yeah. Uh, for the Durant sweepstakes is what I was. Saying. Oh, uh, who has who has that market up? Boston still True. plus five hundred. Bucks now are five fifty. Ooh, the Bucks have moved ahead of the Suns at Fanduel at plus five fifty. So the, the Sharps have taken some Bucks action. Suns are now down to six and a half to one. Clippers seven to one. Warriors seven to one. Lakers twelve to one to win it all. Yeah, it's off the board at DraftKings. They had it, but I guess you, probably, you, you don't want to post. Uh-oh. You don't want to keep if it's off the board. That means there's something going on. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's, he's about to, I'm just going to keep refreshing my phone until I see the Suns land. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets asked Timberwolves for Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and four draft picks in exchange for Kevin Durant. That's a tweet. Well, they're too. just shopping every, to everybody. If they're leaking yeah, that yeah. out, they're just shopping it to everybody now. This is so, I am tired of just being on edge. Come on, Kevin, make a decision. Make, or it's not oh, actually it not. Kevin? It's Sean Marks. It's yeah, Sean Marks. It's it Kevin decision or somebody else. Who, whose decision is it to make that call as to where he's going to wind up going? Anxiety is through the roof now. Just, this is not good. This is not good, Matt. God. I mean, wow. Uh, according to Barrett Sally, who covers college football for CBS sports, he says the SEC is not negotiating with Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and Virginia. That's it was all smoke. It was all smoke. Come on. Well, I mean, it was a blue check mark dude who reported it. So he said source. He had a source that came out, which is all this is, unfortunately. We've got amazing amounts of people who are doing 
crooked things. Um, yep. So Nadal has withdrawn from Wimbledon ahead of his semifinal match tomorrow. And so there we go. Walk over for the insane one. And if you had tickets, man, you had tickets. That's really brutal. That's tough to go. That's oh boy. That's a tough, that's a tough L to take on that. Um, Chef Benny was saying that NBC Sports Boston's been talking about what they should do. I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think that's, I don't know. I'd be stunned if Boston gets Kevin Durant. I would love it, but I'd be stunned if that's what they do. Just given their history of what happened the last time they gave Boston their talents, Boston wound up winning a championship. So I don't know. Puke. If Boston gets Kevin Durant, I'm going to puke. That would just oh, be, be so, so happy. Boston. Just, like Boston yeah. needs any more titles. God. We need one. We got to get 18. Oh, oh, yeah. So, so, so the report is. Suns have zero. Zero. Tables won Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and four draft picks. I mean, how fast did they say no to that offer? Like, what what's the what's the laugh? How loud is the laugh on the other end of the phone when you say, okay, we want Carl Anthony Towns and we want Anthony Edwards and we want four draft picks for Kevin Durant? Like, go fly a kite. <laughs> it was their fault to begin with when they gave away so many draft picks for Rudy Gobert. That like made the asking price for Kevin Durant go astronomical. Makes no sense. It was just a bad, it was a dumb move on Minnesota's part. It doesn't mean, oh, oh boy. All right. we have a, the Suns have a lot of draft picks, so I'm still hopeful. This is not back, to ba- back to baseball for a second. We've got Logan Webb, who I love betting on, versus Joe Musgrove today, who I also love betting on. Who do you like in the Padres-Giants game coming up here today? This is a pitching duel and a half. So I actually have a bet on this game. I do oh. have the Padres money line. full you. game, full game money line. I think Musgrove is a little more trustworthy. I love Webb, but when he's pitching away from that pitcher's park in San Francisco, uh, I don't love him as much. And I also the think Giants it's a really good scheduling spot. What the yeah, hell happened to the Giants on the road this year? They suck. Well, they the they beat the Diamondbacks last night. I had the, I okay. had the Giants last night. And they came back. Another blown save for, for being swept a four game sweep. They were they weren't playing great, but that's also why I like this spot for the Padres. It's a good schedule spot. Giants played late last night. Padres were off yesterday. They got their full bullpen. They got everyone rested. Has Doug talked you into this bet that looking at schedule and travel. Uh, and, no, I always you always got to look at it. I, I, it's at such it. a small factor for me on this. Yeah. It's, it's it, I, I listen to your I listen to Props Arizona all the time, and I'm always hearing Doug talking about his place, talking about travel schedule spots where well, they're that's traveling. All, that's his only handicapping. That's his like, only. And, yeah. I keep on going like, dude, like I understand it, but like they're grown men. Like I, I'm much more concerned about a dude being at the club till three o'clock in the morning than a guy flying three hours on a plane. Like that's just my but, personal. With Take baseball, off. though, days off, your your full bullpen is right. Like, if you use your clothes for the night before, that has to be looked at. Okay, and sure. That's a good handicap. That's an on-the-field handicap. He's talking about travel and kind schedule of. spots. Well, they were on the East Coast, and the other team was waiting, and then they flew across the country. And then now I'm like, dude, like, this is not really something that I – like, really, this is – I get it's a point. It's a factor, but I would never put money behind it. I mean, these are men. These aren't kids, college kids. I would give this to you. Fine. But 35-year-old veterans who have been traveling in the in, in Major League Baseball for a decade, not worried about their ability to it's, be ready for a baseball game. It's always a good thing when we can throw our counterpart, unplugged Doug, under the bus. <laughs> I mean, he's sleeping right now probably because he's like a nocturnal animal now. But uh, it, it, I've been he, throwing he, him under the bus like for a, 20 years. <laughs> I, I've been chucking shade at him for 20 years. So we're all good. Nothing. 20 and 19, by the way, the Giants on the road. Padres aren't great at home, 21 and 18. And, but they've lost the last two starts 
for Musgrove, and he's been good in both yeah. those starts. Three to one loss to the Yankees last time out. Kind of a bad luck loss there. But you know, Logan Webb on the road, his ERA is three point seven seven. At home, it's two point six three. Like you're mentioning, he's five and two at home versus two and one at home. Do you like this new trend of betting a starting pitcher to get a W? This new prop bet that's out there. Do, do you like this bet? I don't. I've never done it. I've never looked it into either. it. I would assume I'd have to Every look at year, the like, like my books don't offer it. I've never seen yeah. it. it's not available to me. So that, at two least years ago, it was Nerfy Yerfy. That yeah. was like that was like the hot new thing. This year, it's all about the K prop. Everybody's betting K props. Like or or, or last year, everyone's betting, betting K props. It was all in the new K. And now this is the new bet: bet a starting pitcher to get a W for this year. I'm not, not my thing. I, I'm old school. First yeah. five. I remember when first five, I'd have people. What does this F five by your bet mean? And I would have to explain that to some newer betters sometimes. And that would like kind of blew their mind. Like, oh, you could bet the first five innings, right? And but now, yes, everyone's getting creative now with the the no run first innings and bet pitcher to get a W. Yeah, that it just doesn't interest me. It doesn't. Yeah, I, are the limits high on that too? Like, what no. are the? Are, are, yeah, that's what I would think too. Yeah, it, it's it's not. The, the I mean, it's I've never bet it, so I don't know what the limits are. I, I don't know what you're capable of getting down on it. It's just I'm not like. <laughs> interested i gotta worry about a about a manager coming out and pulling a starting pitcher in the fourth <laughs> inning who's got a 5-1 lead like that's that's another whole dynamic that i don't want to interject i'd rather just bet on the team and not worry about this uh gosselin goes for the dodgers minus 270 against the cubs here today one cubs. do you see any value in this and two are you surprised he's not the betting favorite to win the national league cy young because so I'm the, still the Marlins pitcher is still the favorite, or who's yeah, the Alcantara is still the still Alcantara the guy who's there. I still don't understand this personally. Uh, the worst part is I gave away Alcantara. I had him to win the Cy Young last year, and now he decides to become the pitcher that I want him to be. Well, Gosselin is twelve to one. Musgrove is nine to one. Corbin Burns is five and a half to one, and Alcantara is plus one ten to win the Cy Young. Gosselin's numbers are stupid. Yeah, he's probably going to start the All Star game. I mean, I haven't, bet it. I haven't bet it yet, but yeah. I keep on coming back to this going like at 12 to one, man, he's going to pile know. those W's up. He's going to pile it with that Dodgers lineup. I mean, he's going to get the W's, which a lot of better or a lot of voters like to look at. But yeah, you know, he's you look at his all round stance. He's just never done it for a full season. Like even Alcantara, like he's actually made it through a season. He's right. just such a new name. He's like 10, yeah. 10 and 0 with a 1.54 ERA, a 0.82 whip. The Dodgers have won the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games he has started, and they've won uh, 10 of the last 11 games that Gonsolin has started. I mean, if you're betting parlays today, this game has to be in a like Dodgers to win this game on the money line has got to be in your parlay. Like this is, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I also hate the Cubs, but they have been playing better lately. They're actually, their hitters have been coming alive. They're third now in major league baseball and on base percentage. They actually hit all right. I mean, 11th and batting average. It's, it's their pitching. That's been struggling and you're coming alive. You trust the Cubs today against the Dodgers. I just think that's a huge number to lay on a team that is coming up on a so team run that so run line it then. Uh, yeah. The Dodgers. Yeah. Okay. I, li- I like I mean, that stretch problem, a little bit more, but the problem is the run line is minus one. It's minus minus one thirty. So like I may bet that like that's where my, 
I, I'm going to wait and see if this Reds, if this Reds play comes in and wins with Reds in the over, I'll, I'll probably take, uh, I'm going to, I bet a full unit on it because I've been doing well this week. So I was like, what the hell? I'll push my luck. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get it, I'll probably put a unit on, or probably 1.3 units on Dodgers run line against the Cubs today. It's been too I am easy. just weary of the Cubs right now. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it when we talk about your Red Sox. But my one big bet of the season, Matt, my biggest bet of the season was against these scrappy Cubs that supposedly stink. 3-1 you, loss. You, Chris Palmer, the Red Sox, and the, the uh, Cubs, Cubs game? starting pitcher. It was going to be a bullpen game. I realized that. Yeah. The Cubs starting pitcher went out through face one batter, gave up a hit. And then got hurt and went out. Like how you have your biggest bet of the season, and the starter you bet against faces one batter, gives gives up a base hit, but then doesn't pitch the rest of the game. It, it was a bullpen game. It wasn't. It was like a blowout. They lost three to one. Your Red Sox let me down, but I yeah. think too your pitcher, your favorite, what is it, Josh Wixicki or whatever your mm-hmm. your favorite Red Sox pitcher. He was starting because I love him. He pitched well, six innings against the Cub, gave up one earned run. He did his job. Yeah, that guy. So he goes today for the Red Sox. We'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second. But th- this is a really interesting stat that got tweeted out today on this do- on 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 uh, Wachowski. Uh, he has a one point nine six ERA in four starts: five innings, six and a third, five and a third, two innings. He's given up zero two two in one earned runs. He's the only Red Sox rookie in the last fifty years to make four consecutive starts going five innings or more, giving up just two earned runs or fewer in one or less walks in the last 50 years. Now the lineups he's been facing are trash. True. And that's my worry about who he has faced. Oakland, Detroit, Cleveland, Chicago is who he has faced so far. He's got the Yankees on deck today. Different story, but we'll talk about the Yankees and the Red Sox in just one second. We'll break but that. Those down. are the stats I was looking at, Matt. When I did put a Chris Palm on that, that he is kind of a hidden gem, especially yep. against weaker lineups. But he yep. did his job, though. Like I said, he six innings pitch, gave up one earned run. The Red Sox bats just didn't show up. So all. you've got a pitcher in Garrett Cole going today for the for the Yankees against the Red Sox, who lost two of three to the Rays at home. Red Sox are taking on Tampa, New York, Tampa, New York for the first two weeks of July. It's a huge stretch for them in their season right now. But being a guy in Arizona, is there any juice left for Red Sox Yankees to you? Yes. I looked when you asked that question. I think, I mean, just because of the history, but even if the playoffs started right now, I mean, the Red Sox would have the wild card. Both those teams would make the playoffs. The the Yankees are sitting 59 and 23 and the Red Sox are 45 and 37. They're both still very relevant. So yeah, I think the rivalry is 14 games back. (laughs) They're so far back, but they're both playoff teams. It's ridiculous. I don't think it's relevant. I don't like the expanded. You you don't think it is anymore? You don't think it's, I I, I think it doesn't have the same juice. It has, it's no way to have the same juice because Boston's got four championships to the last to, to one for the Yankees. Oh, so throw it, it's just true. Historically, so, historically, historically, though. yes. I mean, historically you can run back and talk about the Yankees, but it was, you know, there are kids oh. who can legally drink who don't remember that championship. So, so much so, Yankee hate here. I'm just saying the juice just isn't really there anymore because Boston, the, the, the juice was there because Boston hated New York and New York always tried to brush it aside. And then they got, got and they got punked and they had to watch Boston win multiple championships and 2004 happened and you're never going to get rid of that. Like the stench of that is going to be on that franchise forever. 
So Red Sox fan throwing shade. I think it's, that's what it's it is. Just the rivalry it's, is still it's just, there. It just it, we sw- we have switched places. Who's your new the, rival then? Who's who's the who's the Yankees really, rival? Boston really there? doesn't have one. Tampa really owns Boston. You want to talk about a team that Boston can't beat? It's Tampa, and they just go down there and they play in that garbage ballpark and they play for <laughs> Red Sox fans and everything else. But I mean, the trop should be imploded tomorrow. But I mean, it, 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 that in Oakland, the two worst ballparks in all of baseball. Uh, the, the Red Sox right now are in a very weird spot because they're not keeping their homegrown talent. Mookie Betts left. Xander Bogarts is a question. Raphael Devers will have will be, will be the next question. Chris Sale comes back. It's just weird because the Red Sox winning a championship changed everything. Just doesn't with the Cubs. The Cubs won a championship. It changed everything. And it, it, you know the mystique and the the ghosts and those history and all the waiting for a choke doesn't happen anymore. Now Boston's expected to win, expected to to beat. So there's more anger when they don't win now because these 18-year-olds who have never seen anything but winning go like, what the hell? Why are you getting beat? Why are you 14 games back of the Yankees? So I I don't know. This used to be I had to sit down and watch every inning. I will watch all four games this weekend. 100%, this is what I'm doing. This is the sporting event I care the most about just not the same as it once was not it's as sad. much action. It's it depresses me. I mean that, yeah. but I think you laid out some logical points about it, but I think we are just in the dog days of summer as well. Right. I think if they play it like October baseball, I think there'd be a lot more juice behind that. And that's coming. And I would agree with you. If that happens, I'm with you. Um, one more baseball and then we'll talk some college football. Did you see what Otani did yesterday? Oh, doesn't get talked about enough. Does it not doesn't, get talked about we, enough. We should be talking about Shohei Itani like every single day. So I, I was on the Angels run line yesterday. So I, I, hit, I hit that. Itani had 10 strikeouts. Itani had, uh, had two RBIs and a stolen base. He became the first player since 1920 to have that stat line in a single game. I mean, every time we're talking about first time since, and you say 1920, there's nobody on the planet basically that was alive the last time somebody pulled this off in Major League Baseball. And Atani is doing it consistently doing these types of things. And we're not talking about this guy. If this guy played in New York, he that's all what, we would talk about is Shohei Atani. That's yep, all that's, we would talk nailed about. It. That's what you nailed it. The Angels. How bad are the Angels? Oh, Mike Trout. They also Mike Trout gets buried on that crappy franchise. And now they have, yeah, one of the, probably the most exciting player in baseball. And it is also maybe a West coast thing. You know, they stay up. Nobody watches angels games on the East coast generally, but it's, it's unbelievable. And then how well he's pitching. Oh, but the angels are that bad. It's It's so frustrating because I hate the angels. I hate the angels from Mike Trout. You hate the, Oh, that's because the angels have two generational talents. And Mike Trout and Shohei Itani, if they stay on the Angels, may never play in a World Series in their entire career. And that is so horrible that they will never be on a team good enough to play for the biggest of championships in the sport. Who did, they signed who that from the Nationals after the Nationals won the World Series. Yeah, and he's just been a huge bust. Like done. Gave him all that money. Yeah, hurt his wrist and he's out for the year. So, I mean, yeah. they, they're just – because they play in Los Angeles and because they are in the shadow of the Dodgers, they are constantly chasing headlines rather than building a baseball team. And they just, you know, Mike Trout chose to stay there. And I will be forever furious with Mike Trout for deciding to stay in Anaheim. He never should have taken that deal. And when he signed it, I went, man alive, that sucked. 
because that means you're going to be there on a bad baseball team for a long time and Otani and Joe Madden and now Madden's gone. Otani is stuck there. It just, it, it sucks. All right. Time now for the Circa schedule of the day being brought to you by Circa mm-hmm. Sports, the Bostonian versus the book brought to you by the Circa Million Four football handicapping contest. Three years in a row, Sean and I have been together on this tournaments this contest i'm guessing we're doing it again most exciting football handicapping contest is back for another season circa million four will deliver six million dollars in guaranteed total prizes with a one million dollar first place prize this contest once again will not take a rake and all extra fees go right back into the prize pool each player makes five picks in pro football against the spread each pick worth one point most points you win at least one million dollars entries are one thousand dollars max of three per player Test your skill this year against the best handicappers in the world for your chance to win a million dollars. For more information about the contest, rules and sign-up information, log on to circlesports.com. This is something I talk about all the time. Sean and I have been together on our Circa Million. Three years running. It's 500 bucks each for each of us to put it in, which is not a big deal, okay? That's a whole year. You know, you if you're not a big gambler, this is the best way to bet football. If you if you don't want to be involved every week, every game, you're a casual, but you like betting or picking games. You get to talk to one of your buddies every week about a game, about the games and break it down. If you get 3 of you, it's, you know, 300 333 each, okay? It's not a lot of money over the course of 18 weeks. You know that you guys are going to be making plays over 18 weeks. If you don't live in Nevada, you got to hire a proxy, go get our guy Vegas Maddie at football contest got Tom, he'll take care of you and go and have them put the picks in for you. So it, it ups it a little bit, makes it a little bit more expensive to do it, but not a lot more expensive to do it when you're breaking it up by two or three. I don't know. How, how do you feel about doing contests with friends? I think it's great. I think it's because like, as you mentioned, like every week you have a group chat and you get a tie. It also keeps people connected. Yep. And it's just, and then you could kind of make fun of the guy who's doing awful or something like that. And <laughs> yes, it is incredibly hard to win these contests. You have to pick above 77, 70, something crazy. Now, so, 72% won yeah. last year. But you could run hot. Anybody could run hot one season and the prize pool is just insane. It's kind of like the world. I look at it as like the world series of poker, but for football handicapping. Agreed. Like, yes, it, you, it takes a lot of skill and you need some luck. You need both. But yeah, I, I think it's a great. And then you said if you do split it up, three hundred bucks each, five hundred bucks each, it runs all season. I mean, yeah. for the entertainment value, you can't beat it. It's yeah, you really can't. And you can get multiple teams if you want to do more than one team. You yeah. do that. You can. Some people bet one side and fade the other, and you know, it, it's you have your own different ways of of betting it. But it's it, the circuit contest is just really all the football contests. I can't speak. I think they're all great to do. You know, different rules. Check the rules out, obviously. But I. I like them all. All right. Schedule of the day, our circuit sports schedule, the Clemson Tigers total is 10 and a half. It is juiced to the under 10 and a half minus 125 to the under plus 105 to the over at FanDuel for this schedule. So we look around, see if we can find 11 wins here. DJ Ugalele is back, but Clemson did not have a Clemson type season last year. Clemson still ten fans, and three, though. I mean, ten and three. That's how good Clemson's been. You go ten and three, and you're super disappointed. They lost to Georgia early. They lost to NC State in overtime, and they lost to Pittsburgh on the road, twenty-seven seventeen. They didn't play well. They weren't covering. By the end of the year, though, they were. They covered against UConn, they covered against Wake Forest, and they covered against South Carolina. So they started to play better at the end of the year, beat Iowa Iowa State 20-13 to in the bowl game. Georgia Tech opens the year 
It's a neutral site game for Georgia versus Georgia Tech. They're doing it at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So there will be a lot of Tech fans there, but Clemson fans are used to traveling to Georgia. Any shot Tech loses, or Tech, sorry, Tech beats Clemson there? Not likely, but I do think Tech's going to be incredibly improved over last season. Ooh. So, But no, yeah, Clemson, I think that's an easy dub. All right. Furman is a W, obviously. 2-0. Come on. La Tech, any shot the Louisiana Tech at Clemson wins? La Tech is feisty. They are feisty. But no, the the big, the athletes, the defense that Clemson's putting together, no. At Wake Forest, first conference game, or I guess, sorry, second conference game at Wake Forest. Mm, On the road, Wake Forest is sneaky, but again, that defense Clemson has. I mean, if their offense, if that DJ quarterback can improve just slightly, I think that, that's got to be a W too. Like they're going to lose yeah. a Wake for Wake Forest is a basketball school. DJ's so it's crazy yeah. how bad have, that kid is. They have it, new offensive coordinators on both sides of the ball too. Correct. So yeah, uh, offensive defensive coordinators right. Dabo had to had to make some big changes after last year. I mean, maybe DJ takes a big step forward, but any game on the road for Clemson, it's gonna be tough. I'm, I'm going to circle and say, I don't know. I'll give them the win over Wake Forest. I probably would lean to the over in that game. Revenge spot, October the 1st, NC State goes to Clemson. If that was in NC State, Correct. I think that'd be trouble. But going to Clemson, and you did just mention the revenge factor. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's got to be a Clemson win. There's five. At Boston College, October the 8th. Is it cold BC, in Boston yet? In not October? cold, but BC's got something cooking, though. They do. They do. I, I think they lose that game. I think BC beats Clemson. Uh, and, and I, I like I, taking the points. I, I'm not Boston saying that you're going to say it's a huge Homer thing, Matt. But remember, they they Boston College lost 19-13, and BC had the lead in the fourth quarter at Clemson last year. Okay, they, I mean, they, uh, I was going to wait till you know the the Notre Dame or Miami spot, but if you want to drop the L on them on Boston College, then okay, I'm fine. Yeah, okay. I was on BC on this game. I was on BC with the points, and I was on BC on the money line. I was on the okay. under as well, so that's why I remember that game because I went two and one, but I almost cashed all three bets, and they were like plus two sixty on the money line or something like that going into the game. So I, I mean, BC, I would look out for Boston College for that road trip for Clemson, and because it's a dead atmosphere. It's really hard to play at BC because no one cares. No one goes, no one cares. So it's tough to play against them for that very reason. And I'm pretty confident BC's got most of their offense coming back. They do. They do. They right? had some good improvements. I like, yes. Yeah. It's In a dangerous spot. Back. I the, had it circled the, as a dangerous spot. I didn't think I lost though. Back, right? Yes. The, correct. BC's quarterback's back. Yep. So the kid that played really well at Clemson last year. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say BC beats Clemson there. I'll give them one loss there. At Florida State. Next week. My old fellow Sun Devil, he's now, they're going to be improved. Florida State's going to be improved, but I, I did not have that one circled. They, there's still a lot of problems there. Yeah. Just, I, yeah. I, I would not circle that or be too worried about that. As a Home for Syracuse. <sighs> if, that was, if they had to travel to play in the carrier, that might be some trouble, but I don't see it in Clinton, not in South Carolina. No. Yeah. I remember that was the 17, 14 win on the road. It last was. Year. That it was, was the other, that was the other come from behind. They barely last second field goal kick. They could have yeah. lost that game to Syracuse as well. So mm-hmm. just, it's not going to be as open and shut at Notre Dame. There's the loss. That's the loss. That's Notre Dame's going to win that game. There's the second one. Now they're at 10. Now you see why 10 and a half is the number Louisville at home. 
That's a win. I'm not, I'm not the biggest. I like that coach. I like Louisville's coach a lot, but I do not think they have the athletes to play. Like Notre Dame has the athletes to handle Manel. I I don't think that home for Miami. That's the one I think that might be a no. I like Miami wow, this year. Not, I, wow. I like the game. So you like 10. I, I, think I like 10. Up and coming. They're so up we're, and coming. Both on the, we're both on the under. Okay, the I, last the game under. of the year is South Carolina, the crossover. That's a tough SEC. one too. Rivalry. Yeah, rivalry yeah. game. South Carolina is on the way up too. And yep. th- that's another, that's the other one I had circled. As that's amazing. Spencer Rattler, right? Spencer yeah. Rattler's a new quarterback yeah. for South Carolina. So he could be dangerous, but I, I did like the under. As soon as that, you know, I thought that 10 and a half was the number. I, t- I can see why it's juiced. It's, DJ's got to have some serious improvements. Right. 10 and two feels likely for, for Clemson. That that feels most likely. Not back in the postseason. No playoffs. They have a mean defense. I mean, they did, they lost a couple linebackers. Their defensive line is just absolutely stacked, but they did. They lost their linebackers, Simpson and Carter, who were beasts. There's some Mm -hmm. holes to fill. And then, as we mentioned, two new offensive, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Yeah. 10 and two, nine and three, maybe even. I like that under. All right. Let's go to our props.com story of the day. Ooh. Do you bet Nerfy or Yurfies? No, no. Yes. Run first innings. No. Why no. don't you bet it? Limits are obviously low. I mean, I don't want to go through a hundred or 200 bucks on a bet. I have to like spread it out through five different books or something. Right. I, I, I like the, uh, the normal money line run line. First five bets. That's all I focus on. So the props.com Nerfy bet of the day is now 11 and seven so far Uh-oh. we're going to the white Sox and the tigers game i mean i'll put 100 bucks on it come on all right tell me <laughs> tell me what this better come on <laughs> no run in the first inning plus 108 you got cease against Breeski going white Sox. dylan cease has not allowed a first inning run in 12 of 16 starts cease has not allowed a first inning run in seven of nine starts at home Detroit ranks 28th in first inning run score percentage at 20, well, basically 21%. Detroit ranks Absolutely. last in first inning score percentage on the road at point, uh, 8.8%. Chicago ranks 26th in first inning scoring percentage, and Chicago ranks 29th in home first inning scoring percentage. So you got to worry a little bit about <clears throat> Bo Brisky, but he has not been great in his start so far this year, but maybe he can get through three outs without giving up a run. Under one and a half, under one run being scored gives you plus money at plus 108 at Fandle. How do you feel about the nerfy Tigers at uh, White Sox today? I am placing it as we speak. Oh, wow. Well, waiting that. forward to it. It's spinning, spinning. <laughs> They're nervous about the play. What? Pirates and Reds get to nerfy, by the way, but the Royals and the Astros do not. Okay. The Royals yeah. scored against, Verland- or against Verlander. Oh, what's the score of that game? One nothing KC. Okay. Okay. In One the second, second. inning. One second. Yeah, it's still surprising, though. They got a full game. They got the best bullpen. We're just fine. I'm in. I'm in on the Nerfy. The live the total the is seven and a half right now. Oh, yeah. On, we're on, on both games, the live total is seven and a half. Pirates, Reds, that's cool. not good for me. And then seven and a half here for... It's so strange how the algorithms just automatically drop it like that. Just, oh, it's crazy. No the first, first inning is huge. Yeah, the first inning is very huge on for a total. You face the top of the lineup. That's when you're supposed to score. If you get through a little damage, I like it. It's interesting to see how quickly that thing just goes ahead and, and, and flashes fast all the way down to seven and a half. That's why you can wait to do in-game parlaying. We can't do here in Vegas, but you can do in-game parlaying of uh, with FanDuel. If you did my bet right now for in-game, Reds and the over, you would get, oh, they won't let you do it. 
Interesting. You can't do in-game parlay at FanDuel. Okay. Interesting. I thought they might you be throwing it, but there might be a base yeah. runner going right now. Who knows? Yeah, no, but then it would be off. It would be off though. The markets are up. You just can't parlay mm-hmm. minus one. It's minus one fifty on the Reds uh, money line. It's oh, it's seven and a half the total. Juiced at minus one eighteen uh, for that. So, you, so you can't do that. All right, betprep.com prop bet of the day. We're going to the Red Sox and the Yankees game. We've talked about this Wachowski kid and what he's been able to do. He's been very, very good. Three and a half is the number for Josh Wachowski over three and a half. FanDuel had it at minus 110 before the show started. Been very good. Five starts, gone over this three times, six, six, and four Ks in which he's gone over three and a half Ks. Averages 5.2 innings per. Uh, Wachowski has not faced the Yankees yet this year. Yankees are averaging 9.6 Ks per game over the last three games on the road. The Yankees have been averaging close to nine Ks per game. How do you feel about Wachowski to record over three and a half Ks tonight against the Yankees? Oh, I love that. I love that. Bet. Oh. I mean, on the, even on the season, he's, you know, 2.7 is strikeout to walk ratio. As I mentioned, I put my biggest bet of the year on this kid. Uh, I'm a believer. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, the Yankees, the Yankees either hit a home run or strikeout. That, that's a prime lineup to get. All he has to do is get four strikeouts. I like that. Yes. Spot. Get four. Get, Book it. Get four. Book it. Four. No, you mean bet it. You mean. Oh, bet it. Book yeah, it. bet it. Bet I'm buying it. Book it means you don't like it. I forgot. I'm, I got to do my best Dave impression. Okay. Yes. Well, Fair that'll it. happen later. You'll you'll have the ability to to do the to do the book it purchase, and we're better to book it on my place. You can tell me what you think uh, about what about where we're going <clears throat> coming up with that. Actually, we can do that now. Uh, here, uh, how much time, Matt? Till we say goodbye to Sports Grid. Need about three more minutes. Three more minutes on that. Um, okay, so we, we we can get through better to book it, and then we'll say goodbye to Sports Grid. Uh, and then we'll do favorite thing about the, today on the other side. Uh, better to book it being brought to you by the Caesar Sportsbook in celebration of just the pick starting. You guys can get an up to a $1,500 risk-free wager from Caesar Sportsbooks and Caesar William Hill. Use that promo code JTP15 for new accounts where Caesars is available. JTP15 gets you up to a $1,500 risk-free wager. Bet it means you like it, Sean. Book it means you don't. All right? Red Sox first five reverse run line plus a half a run against yes, Garrett Cole. Wachowski on the hill, Garrett Cole on the hill. Garrett Cole historically has an ERA over five at Fenway Park. He's one in three and on opening day against the Red Sox in his first start at Fenway Park. He was not good. Four innings, four earned runs, I believe he gave up in that start. I don't need the Red Sox to be winning, just either to be tied or winning after five against the Yankees. Sox have lost two out of three against the Rays. They need this Wachowski kid to be good today for five innings, betting in or booking the Red Sox reverse run line. First I'm betting. I'm betting that I just talked up this new young pitcher for Boston. I'm going to get behind him. I like that bet. It could be zero zero because Garrett Cole. Um, I mean, he when he's on, he can be on. But man, give me the kiss. Give me the, I mean, zero zero. Zero zero through five innings. How about that? I'll take it. It wins. Zero zero through five gets me a W. I just think the Red Sox will get to Garrett Cole. I think he's given up three yeah. through five. I think my question is going to be is can Wiskowski not give up more than three runs? I think Boston gets three off Cole, but can the Red Sox, can this kid hold the Yankees down? Because as we talked about, betting, you know, pitching against the A's and the Tigers, a bit different, different story. 
<laughs> it's a little bit different today. I believe in his stuff. I, I love I love this kid. So and they've never right. seen him too. So I like that aspect. That is an, oh, a big part of my handicap. They've never seen the kid as of yet. So yes, I, like I, I agree with you on that point. I think that's a big deal where they haven't had a chance to scout him and see him for the first time. Second time around, you know, second time through the order, maybe potentially they'll be able to do it. But Angels at the Orioles. I'm going Angels money line. How about this stat from our guy SoCal DJ? Angels are one in fourteen over the last five on the road as dogs this season. That is not good. Lyles goes today for the Orioles, two point nine two ERA at home, much better than his overall season ERA. Orioles have been playing good baseball as of the, as of late. Yeah, One of the hotter teams yeah. in baseball. Angels stink on the road. How do you feel about the Angels? After Otani did very well pitch yesterday. Normally they are not great the week, the day after they win a game with Atani pitching in Florida yesterday, traveling up. If one, if one of these Doug Fron spots, they were playing in Florida yesterday and took on the the Marlins. Now they're traveling game one against the against the Orioles at home, betting or booking it. But you're betting the Angels after all those stats you just no, rolled Orioles. off. I'm betting the oh, Orioles. Betting, oh, okay. then yes, I am betting the, Orioles, the Orioles. Yes, betting the Orioles. I, I don't mind Lyles. I think he's he'll be just fine. The Angels are, as you mentioned, a roller coaster and just not reliable at all. I, I, I have no interest in getting behind the Angels in any capacity. You mentioned the Orioles are hot. Baseball is a streaky sport. Uh, I'm betting the Orioles with you. Finally... We're going with the under for the Mets and the Marlins. Eight and a half on the under. There could be a Musgrove San Diego play as well. That's still on the board potentially. But the Mets and the Marlins under eight and a half minus 105. You've got the last 10 games from the Marlins. Eight, one in one when the total is eight or more. So it's eight and a half. Five, one in one for the Marlins in the last seven games going to the under. Uh, against the right-hander and the under is six, one, one in the Mets after last game going over in the last eight games went over yesterday because of that crazy extra innings thing, eight to three, the final, how do you feel about the under for the Mets and the Marlins today? Betting going to booking it. We're just going to be in complete agreement. I hope you join Whoa. me maybe on the Padres because I'm betting it. I actually do have a bet on the under in this game. I, I think Trevor Williams is actually a little bit underrated. I know his record's mm -hmm. one in five. He's not that bad, though. And for all those other stats you mentioned, I love that they played last night, too. It did go to extras, stayed up a little. I mean, that game was a stone-cold under until it yeah. went to extras. I expected another low-scoring game for the Mets. Under, under eight and a half. I, we're in complete agreement. Bet it. I need some scoring in this Reds and Pirates game. So you have, uh -oh. so your plays are the Pirates, you're the Padres today, and you've got the under in the Mets and the Marlins? Under Mets, Marlins, Padres, and I have the under in the Astros, Royals. It's going right now. Oh, there you go. You've got a one nothing score through into the third inning. Total I like seven, it. Okay. Yeah, total of seven and a half in that game. Total is six wow. and a half in the Pirates and the Reds game right now. Oh, boy. Oh so boy. that's plummeting. I need some, some <laughs> offense waking up these guys in an early morning. Hopefully second time through the lineup, we start to see some runs from the Pirates and the Reds here. All right, for you guys on Sports Grid, thank you very much for watching. Dave's back tomorrow for a roll call Friday. He's traveling back from Pittsburgh, so we'll all be together like normal for tomorrow night's Sports Grid. Re-air, we'll talk to you then. He's Sean, I'm Matt. Stick around if you're on YouTube and Twitter. we got favorite thing about today before we wrap the show. All right. One thing left to go is what we do when we wrap the show, Sean. We make it positive. We talk about something, anything you want, anything you want to talk about, anything you're thankful for. What is your favorite thing about today? 
My favorite thing about today was probably reconnecting with an old pal. I mean, we did, we did that pushing the odds for two years, three years, maybe it was radio. Though, so it's kind of, yeah. yeah, it's fun to see it, you know, you're facing the camera, but right. I, I do miss. Yeah. I mean, I miss going back and forth, but then we'll be talking, we'll be doing Circa. So that'll be fun. yeah, we'll be doing that. We'll be, we'll be on, we'll have tons of time. That, to, to that's my that. favorite thing is reconnecting with an old pal. I'll say that. Well, the, the, and that, and that is my favorite thing about today too, because I think for the yesterday and today we, we brought on Dan Bach with yesterday with Doug, but you and Doug go watch props Arizona presented by Betfred sports. It's out right now on our YouTube channel where you get your audio podcasts. I love what you guys are doing together. I love the momentum. You guys have hit a couple of really cool videos on TikTok that have gone viral, which has been really fun to see. And it's just cool to get the audience, to get the brigade, to know you a little more, but also the pushing the odds people who have been clamoring of like, when are you two going to do things together? And I'm like, relax. We'll, we'll, we'll do stuff together during football season. We've got a bunch of plans. We're laying out everything for football season right now as to like what it's going to look like and how it's going to go and the people we're going to bring on and the show and how the show is going to be structured. So you're going to see Sean's mug here on this show quite a bit. So don't worry, we're going to do all of that. So my favorite thing about today is just, I like the fact that we get to expose you and Doug and what you guys are yeah. doing to yeah. people who maybe have never watched props Arizona because come football season, you get going. I do want you to explain though, the Chris Palma thing, because everyone always comes at when they see your Twitter account, they're like, what the hell is a Chris Palma? Like the actual meaning behind the name or what it just means? It's it's my big bet. It's my four-unit You you just made up the name and you're like, my Chris Palma bet always is is your two-dime bet that you make on a play that you really like a lot. It has it has a meaning, but that can only be told over a couple beers in person if I get to know you. But yes, it is my big bet. It is a four unit. It's a two dime bet. They don't happen. I had one during baseball season. I think I've had three in the past four months. So I do miss wow. it. But during football season, usually it is one or two a week when I am going full bore. But they have a good lifetime percentage. That's why I say I keep it on my Twitter handle. It's, it's crept below 59% recently, which wasn't good. But overall, I mean, if I get it up closer to 60 on this season, it's a fascinating betting strategy, though. I really think it's an interesting way of approaching gambling because it's how if you're a new person to this and I'm not at this level yet, Sean's ahead of me on this, but like. I have just graduated. I no longer flat wager. I'm now paying juice. So I'll bet the 1.3 units to go for one. And so far doing this strategy, I'm up seven units. So it's worked so far. It's worked well over the last six days of transitioning over to the new podcast for just the picks in this new betting strategy. I've graduated and because I was getting juiced out with with the daily juice, I was literally getting juiced out by the flat wagering. So it was frustrating because on bets I was cashing, I wasn't making enough money to make up for the for the losses I was suffering. So I had to adjust my bankroll and adjust what I was doing into this new podcast. But attacking the books when you feel like you have an edge, that's the next step for my evolution as a gambler. And you're able to say and recognize, look at I got an edge. I'm going to bet four times what I normally bet to take advantage of this. It's stressful, but if you hit 60% of the time, it carries you're, you. Yeah. You're way over on the juice. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can even so have you having a bad season, picking like 51% maybe on your flat bets and maybe even down a little juice. But if you're hitting your big bets at a closer to 60% margin, it can carry you. And that's what it's been doing for me for over, over, over eight years now. I, I like it. It's it, I haven't gotten to your level yet, but I really, it's a very interesting strategy that I think people need to consider and think about. If you do, what's your favorite bet? What's the play you like the most? Like what's the play that you feel the most confident in to double down, triple down, whenever you feel comfortable doing from a unit perspective, 
if you do it consistently, now you have a system in place where you're doing it. This is not random. Like you have a system as to when you fire on it. So I think if you do that and you stay consistent with it and you work on it, I think it is an interesting way of, of getting yourself over on some of the unfortunate days and weeks you're going to have because it can make up for an entire bad week. You can't just have, yeah, like a max bet or a four unit or Chris every day. I know some games no. are out there, oh, max yeah. bet every day. Like that's impossible. Like I said, I've had probably three through the last four months. You know, it's right. it's something special. It's something that requires a lot of thought that I really do find an edge that I feel I have. And it's it's worked out in football season. It's worked out in basketball season, not so much in baseball. That's why I don't use it anymore. But it's, it's a fun way to bet. I think you do it after you get comfortable with flat unit betting. You got to. When you're passionate yeah. about one game, you think your edge is the biggest, you have to increase you have to increase your bankroll. That's how, that's how you make money. Yeah, I like it. I, it it's an interesting look. Um, I've started doing that when I increase my unit size. Like what is my one unit based upon the percentage of my bankroll? So as my bankroll uh, grows, my unit yeah. size grows. The, how much money? Like the, for the audience, it doesn't matter. because Whatever's a one unit, it's a one unit. But mm-hmm. I've started to adjust my my own personal as it grows, whatever the bankroll goes to, that 3% number increases. So percentage, I see. Okay. So yeah, that, that's, like- that's, what I'm, that's what I'm doing personally at the moment. But that's just kind of my evolution as being, you know, I, I've always been a very conservative gambler, but I'm trying to be a bit more risk tolerant because of what had just happened for the last two years of betting every single day and watching it and going like, I can go 70 and 62 and lose money. Exactly. It is a little more stress, but like, yeah, it, it's, it's fun. I mean, I've been in Vegas with you before when I've had those bets. Like yeah. I think every time I've almost come to Vegas, I put down one of those bets. It just, it does, it gets a little more excitement out of me too, because I mean, I've been doing oh. this now for eight to 10 years and betting the same exact every you. day is I, a grind. I don't, yeah, I don't bet two dimes on it, but it's fun trailing you. It's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. When you have a bet of that size, it, it's fun to be a part of it and, and, and to, to ride your coattails with it to see what's going to happen. So my friend, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. This was a lot of fun. Now we got all the technical stuff knocked down. We could do it again. Dave, we'll be back coming up tomorrow. If you want to follow Sean, give out your information, how people contact you. I'm on Twitter at the real Papa bear, D a R E a L P a P a bear. I'm open to t- talk gambling anytime. I give out free bets all the time too, but just, just trying to have fun. I'm just a better, like anyone else. I just track it on Twitter and I might back bet a little bit more than the average guy. Just a little yeah. bit more. Just a touch. I'm doing more. it for my entire life. Have you ever You'll been limited it. by the way? I never asked you. You ever been limited? Is the book going <sighs> to kick you out? There's been some issues now with the, the legalization. Now that I'm using some of these legal books, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, oh, that, but there has been, uh, but I mean, I, I fairly, like when I lose, like it just, sometimes I have so many books that on some books I'll be losing, I'll be down, but some books will be taking all my winners. So it'll be a little unbalanced. So those books think that I am like winning at a, a clip that's unsustainable. And then, right. yeah, there's, uh, there's been some pushback there, but it's more, I spread my, I just take whatever, who offers me the best number, but right. I have like access to 10 books now. It's it's great. Legalization. It's a beautiful thing. It is a great thing. He's Sean. I'm Matt. Dave's back tomorrow for the Friday episode. Roll call Friday for the Bostonian versus the book.